Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. everybody to another episode of supernatural the crossroads here now in a post series state it is the year 2021 sadly the show is no longer coming out with new episodes for the moment i like to believe that there will be a resurgence at some point there will in be this world of netflix and bring back certain shows and lives and streaming to all kinds of different networks so it's a matter of time i think before we either see a movie or a return to form for the show. I have my money on a spinoff starring the alt Sam and Dean. I think that'd be a great fucking that, That's show. what I'm waiting for. I'd watch the shit out of that, seeing that those would, two that, dorks. Yeah, that would be funny. So, give us a holiday special. Do once a year holiday something. special and oh. give us an update on them. Like the Doctor Who holiday special. Yeah. Okay, like a full-on movie-length TV special. That yeah, would be please really good. do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. I'd be down for that. But here we are today to discuss some different things, and for this entire month, we're going to be doing a celebration of Women's History Month through the lens of Supernatural The Crossroads. So we're going to be discussing in this show our top five pivotal women of Supernatural. So that's characters that meant the most to the story, the most to the characters, and I'm sure there's going to be some subjective. We opinions. all have our own criteria. This was tougher than I thought I would than I thought it would be. Truthfully, it, it, it was difficult. And I, mean, I was talking to Ryan about this before we started the show that there's ones that I love the characters, but I can't really justify yeah. raising them on the list to top five. Yep. And there's others that I'm not as big a fan of, but we're so impactful that you can't not put them in the top five so it's it's harder than i thought it would be truthfully i thought that's what she said <laughs> in our in our women's history month oh man that's what she said the slogan for the entire yeah, month of march I feel like that works just for this for this show let's just change all <laughs> jokes to men jokes that's what okay. he said that's what he said <laughs> uh, see if ryan can do that i want to challenge ryan to do that not, no thanks that's see if, no, no you don't no, think no, your, your no, humor not gonna, can nope not gonna play a swing both ways you can't gender ben your humor no no i can't what if you tried it out once just you see what it feels like no, I, think I, I think i'm gonna pass <laughs> why would i do that why would i why would i you, uh, know if you haven't tried it yeah ryan know. don't pass slow down and put it on the glass <laughs> I, gender bending all jokes okay well that's that's cool see i think we broke ryan he was very hyper beforehand why do you guys in our pre-show why you guys gotta ruin my, hey dude try this hey, hey, gender bend and he's yeah. like no no that, that shut him up no i i don't know i'm not i won't be gender bending 
All right. Well, we are talking about the top five pivotal women today within Supernatural. However, the entire month we have a bit of a schedule that will focus on this theme. So for March 15th, that show, we have Wizard of Oz, Charlie, a discussion about the character, what that meant, the lore and background to that. A lot of interesting things that unfortunately we we theorized about but never really came to the light of day. It's almost going to be like a lore horror episode. A lore horror, a what if. Yeah. Mm. Because that whole, that was one of the first times besides Sarah Gamble's uh, French, French mistake, mistake yeah. that we had allusions to alternate realities. I wonder if that realm got erased. Sure it did. You it think? had to have. Yeah. yeah, it had to have. I felt like. But then it was fixed, though, at the end. Maybe. Yeah. We still don't have uh, any details We need movies. On that. We yeah. need movie details. But we're going to be doing an episode specifically on Wizard of Oz, Charlie. We're going to be doing an episode March 22nd, Forgotten and Underrated Women of Supernatural. So while this might be our top five, that might not exactly bottom five is the best way to say it. But the ones where they may not have had the same screen time or the same impact. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they weren't impactful in their own way, interesting or important to our characters in different ways for that show i was kind of thinking more le- less less i should say not more less rules and more hey if there was a character in a an episode that really worked for you and you always wondered why they never we came never back to... get this character back she there was are fucking, definitely a lot of those she was on that. point and that's what i figured we can do because there's a lot of characters that come to my mind that were maybe in a season two episodes maybe uh, three episodes across 15 seasons and they were really good. Like you can definitely mm-hmm. see the potential there for more development. Um, and I, I, that would be, I think that's going to be a fun episode because we never really get into those underrated characters very often. It's like, it's like the deep tracks on of your favorite band. S- side B, right? Side B. Yeah. yeah. That the- dates us. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Couple. If that dates you, Thomas, then I'm really dated he's, he's right fucking, now. It dates he's, he's me by I, the fact that I know what that is. Yeah. I like their older stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a walking corpse. And then on March 29th, we have Rowena from Bad Bitch to Good Witch Part mm. 2. Mm. And Thomas that, named it that, by the way, not me. <laughs> so what? Um, I think I actually changed the name of it. Okay, I did. I, it was actually me. It's actually the title of Ryan's fan fiction. It is. Well, so. no, it's it, never mind. Oh, God. I was going to say something else. I but know I, you were going to say something else. Yeah, but I'll, I'll just. This is a respectful episode. Yeah, this is respect. I got to be respectful. <laughs> respectful for what? About hot people we like with good story. Yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we're lore whores, and that's really what it always comes down to. Always. Yeah. So this is going to be all part of our regular feed available to everybody who is a dedicated listener, a listener for the years, whether it's been from when we first started doing this or this is your for, your first episode and you are getting a taste for the uh, idiocracy. Acquired that is what we do. idiocracy. There we go. Yeah, I like that. It's definitely an acquired taste. It's an show. acquired taste. And if you don't like it, acquire some fucking taste. Oh. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> that was actually clever. Thank you. Oh, he has his moments. He does have his moments. Wait, what happened? I blacked out. Did I say something cool? But in addition to this, I'll we gave you a quaalude. <laughs> he slipped me a roofie. <laughs> oh, my water's roofed. 
In addition to this, we will have seven more episodes coming out this month via our Patreon feed. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that and what that content is, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. We got an entire season's worth of content coming out in one month. (laughs) Sign up. It's a dollar. Jesus. Well, some on. of it. Some of it's a dollar. Well, I mean, if you want to price bait them. Like, oh, it's only a dollar. What the fuck? Fucking liar. Hey, look, dude. I got to get him in the door, right? Is this how dollar, you bring... Dollar beers? This is how his Tinder situation Is this works, how you so. bring people to all, your OnlyFans? Absolutely. Like, it's a dollar to get in. It's a dollar. You, you'll see my taint. <laughs> and then they get there and it's like $20 for taint. Hey, man. That's I, just lying. I got I to gotta make, make money, dude. Isn't that what that one uh, yes. lady did? Yes. Yeah. It's 100% what she did. <laughs> he's he may not be an entrepreneur, but he does he knows a good idea when he he's sees not, one. He's not like, a good businessman, but boy, can he lie <laughs> like, like, really I'm a, well. I'm a great liar. Like, all right. <laughs> all right. So this month was the perfect opportunity to delve into the characters that each of us felt were vital to either the story or character development of our leads. This is, of course, a show about Sam and Dean. Always has been, always will be. Wait, what? The show's but about Sam and Dean. In order for a character to be so for in order for a character to be considered pivotal or make the list, essentially, it would make sense for them to be connected in some way to our lead characters. Right. Now, the role of women, or more accurately, for a long time, the lack of role of women in supernatural has has been a bit of a controversy according to some fans some fans according yeah. to some fans for some time i think we heard a lot less of that as the years went on right especially yeah, in would, later seasons yeah, i would agree with that. when we were first getting into the scene here on social media with mm-hmm. our podcast around season what eight or nine nine yeah, yeah. yeah. There were a lot of complaints. We went to conventions. We were all kind of baffled at the amount of questions that pertain to why don't you have more ladies in the show? And Jensen and Jared would would always kind of, you know, answer them very politely. Like, well, this is a show about Sam and Dean. Yeah. A show about brothers. And I think that was a fine enough answer for quite some time. I think after you have the original run with Kripke leaving and after Gamble, which I still almost consider part of that. Yeah, for sure. Or or definitely in the same vein. Mm-hmm. An epilogue of sorts. Yeah, an epilogue of sorts. Yeah. After that, and it starts to have new showrunners and new ideas and new lore and new things being introduced, that holds a little bit less weight, I think, as a definitive answer. A book that is about certain characters is a book about certain characters. A series that continues on, there's no reason not to introduce other ones while still maintaining a focus on Sam and Dean. Well, even when we had those arguments, or I should say those debates on social media and at Supernatural conventions, I never really agreed with them because I thought to myself, okay, wait a second. Are you not watching the same show? Because sure, Sam and Dean are the leads, but this show was never void of some amazing characters that were women. Yeah. We never went a year without some character that blew our socks off. I think honestly, part of it might have been tight writing would honestly be to blame because in the first five seasons, even into six and seven characters were there to serve a purpose as a character. That's how TV is written. And they were utilized written for story purposes, not for, not for your own personal agenda purposes. Well, they were utilized in ways in which they 
mattered and they were introduced and dumped as soon as that was no longer relevant. And a lot of the episodes were primarily Sam and Dean without Mm -hmm. even other side characters like Bobby and Crowley and Castiel wasn't even introduced until season four. Yeah. So I think we need the proper context and lens for that because Bella is a good example from season three. She's introduced for a reason. She delivers a certain amount of antagonistic character for them and and problematic opposition for season three and her ultimate demise is a foreshadowing of what will happen to our main character very important it's very important and it shows the threat and the stakes that they find themselves in it's later seasons that where frankly the writing and this isn't to one showrunner the writing got a lot looser or weaker at times But that also allowed for some room to where they would introduce characters or bring characters back or have specific episodes solely about tangent stories or a character moment. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't driving home a very strong narrative where we have to get to this point at the end of this episode. We're watching our pages and more. It's an established franchise with an established fan base that we have the freedom and liberty to treat it more like a novel where you can do whatever you want with as many characters as you want, because people are there for the long haul. But also from a, t- cause you're right, but also just from a television standpoint in, in the way of longevity of a show, uh, as the show progresses year after year, many times TV showrunners do introduce a little bit uh, I should say more characters. Absolutely. Because they gotta re- have to refill the stock or the pond, essentially. You have to give the writers some more ammo to, you know, continue stories and, more and, challenges. and bring more uh, new elements to the episodes. So yeah. you're dealing with a show that was running for 15 seasons. Mm-hmm. If they just focus on Sam and Dean 100% of the time, it probably would have lost steam a bit. So bringing in these other characters did help that because the show's never not been about them. Other characters they would bring in did assist in telling new fresh stories that did have to do with Sam and Dean. Look, we love Sam and Dean. Don't get us wrong. But at the end of the day, if you don't bring in side characters and extra characters and and just anybody in general, you would have lost any type of like, Staying power. Yeah, like because it, it, it I hate to say this because I, I, but it would have been boring, right? It would have been boring because it's like you can only watch Sam and Dean so much. That's and, not true. Oh, well, yeah. Well, okay. Sorry, Linda. Um, <laughs> but it's at the end of the day, you, you can love these characters, but if you don't have any variety and any other people that are like challenging your, your main characters, it just gets stagnant and boring. And you have to have well-written side characters, whether it be, you know, a woman or a man or whatever monster, it it has to be in there or it just, it would lose any type of luster uh, and the show would get boring. And And I, and I, you're a hundred percent right. And I think one of those examples for both the good and the bad, Rowena is a strong example of a new character introduced to breathe some life into a show that's hit 10 seasons at that point and challenge our characters, primarily Crowley with his connection in a number of different ways and provide new character arcs and journeys to take us through new experiences, new conflict, all kinds of different stuff mm-hmm. utilized in a strong way. But there's also the freedom in seasons 10 and on with an example like Charlie, Charlie in season seven gambles era was in exactly one episode 
to tell a very specific story and utilized in a very specific way. In a, in and a then great in way. Season, the very next season, season eight, there is a LARPing episode, which is not my favorite episode. And she's in it and she's fun, but that's not a episode in which every page mattered. And we had to tell a story in a specific way right. to get us somewhere. That was, hey, this would be fun. Yeah. So it's a lot of different things that I think contribute to that. And some some of that has been, without a doubt, fan voice and feedback. You know, as conventions went on, as the years went on, that discussion continued to grow. And if it's people are having that discussion, I think eventually people are going to have to say, all right, what? why is this? This is clearly a problem. <laughs> if it wasn't, people wouldn't be bringing it up so much. Right. And I think Supernatural, for, for the most part, did a very good job with dancing and towing that line between fun moments, plot relevant moments, well, knowing their and audience. interesting characters, and knowing their audience yeah. helped significantly. Now, I do agree with you, though, Mike. I think that the show did have strong characters back in the day. You know, Ellen and Joe being a very primary example in the beginning run. But I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is there's a lot of they weren't used as much. I think we all could have liked a little bit more of certain characters, but then that's when it starts to get into fan fiction and that's a slippery slope for all of us because it just becomes what we want rather than a story being told. You're not by then you're, you're it's, it's all fan service, you know, like you, the, we all, we all say we want it, yeah. And but if they were to really. give it to yeah. us, we're not necessarily going to be happy with it. You ego. want to eat ice cream for every meal when you're a child, and as, when you move out and you finally can do so, you realize that's not the best thing. Yep. And it loses its luster very quickly. Mm-hmm. And some of that criticism did fade away as we had Mary and Rowena start to become more established, permanent fixtures within the show. And I think those characters did a good job of, like I said, balancing between fun character, interesting story, challenges our heroes. And not detracting. And not detracting and not just being there. Yeah. Because regardless of gender, regardless of anything, if a character's just there to be there, that's not anything. <laughs> that's that's unnecessary characters yeah. and that's poor writing yep. and it's just, it, it suffers. And we've all seen episodes of very really every show that has fallen into that pitfall a lot a lot of shows yeah, a lot of shows more than you think if you really start looking mm-hmm. yeah like why the fuck was this person there and movies too are very very bad at it but either way i i think supernatural did a very good job not falling into that as often as it possibly could so with that being said we're going to get into, like we do with all of our top fives, we're going to go around the studio and share our picks and why they are our picks. Now, again, this one is both content and, and connection to the story and our characters, but there's going to be some wiggle room gray areas when it comes to subjective opinions, as there always is. And then that's when we'll fight each other. That's when I, that's when I you know, <laughs> change your guys' minds. So we're going to go with you first then, Ryan, because I'm interested in your list primarily. <laughs> and we're starting with number five. We're starting right? yeah, with yeah, number five, yeah, going yeah, down to out. number one. Okay. So my number five is Jody Mills. Um, I, I I put her on the list, and it's funny. I could have put her in, in a couple different spots on the list. Yeah. But I went with five because my number one is 
I someone else yeah, that you won't yeah, share right now. Yeah, I won't tell you guys because it's very. I, I, Otherwise, you'll kill the whole list. I, I'm, I'm looking. I, I'm excited to hear what you guys think about my reasoning before it. But uh, Jody Mills. I mean, I feel like at the time when she was introduced, we needed another air quotes Bobby figure. We needed another character mm-hmm. that would be a surrogate mom because we had a surrogate dad, right? With with uh, Bobby, so she she drove. Uh, both characters, Sam and Dean, uh, in the direction that they needed at the time. Um, I also felt like uh, Kim Rhodes was a awesome character. Like she just she added this. Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. She just she added to the show without taking away from Sam and Dean, and she added that that extra kind of mom figure that they needed because I felt like with. She filled the void that they needed at the time. And I think that was what made her so important to Sam and Dean. I felt like she hit some of Sam's, you know, needs at the time. And the same thing when, when, when Bobby was introduced, it was more for Dean, I feel like, mm-hmm. at the time. So I, I feel like, and also her stories, everything that she ever showed up for made sense. And it was relative to the story. And I think that was one of the biggest things, one of my criterias is like, okay, was she relevant to the story at the time? And when she showed up, was it worthwhile? Because I think that's something we always talk about with our with our guest spots and our characters, side characters, is that are they there for a reason? And I never felt like Jody was just thrown in for no reason. Um, so she's my number five. I could, like I said, I could have put her in a couple different spots in this list, but I had to move my list around quite a bit. So it, number it was five. not easy. It, it really it was wasn't. It really wasn't. And that, I mean, with you having Jody as number five, that should tell people that this is yeah. not easy when you really think no, it's about re- it. It's really difficult. All right. Mike, what is your number five? Uh, Ellen. And the reason why is because the time, or I should say when they had introduced her and brought her into the show, uh, it was a smart writing device. She was essentially a plot device that talked. Uh, that eventually became a full-fledged character. Um, we had been using John's journal to really propel the mythos of Supernatural forward and really flesh out the world of Supernatural. And sure, that was going on for the next five years, but another season of doing the exact same thing, it would have started to feel a little bit like rinse and repeat. So what do they do? They bring Ellen in as a bit of a foundation, uh, for expanding the mythos. And from there, we also learn more about John and the way he operated. We learn more about Sam and Dean and uh, the consequences of how he played fast and loose. And they used that many times to parallel decisions that Dean would go on to make. And all of this was made possible by this character, Ellen. Ellen was fantastic, and the only reason why she didn't make it to the number one spot is because she was MIA for two seasons. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, Possibly the writer's strike had something to do with her not making an appearance in season three. And then, of course, season four, they had to play catch up. Season five, they bring her back. And listen, I don't ever say anything negative about Kripke's seasons. I feel like it's pretty fucking on point. Uh, very rarely is there a dud during Kripke's run. Mm. However, I do feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity there with a character like this. And they did utilize Bobby a bit. Bobby was kind of the replacement Ellen. He took over in season three and perhaps that worked better for what Kripke had in store for his story. But you can never take away the impact she had 
on Dean and Sam. Yeah, that is that is a tough one. The Ellen and Joe kind of sudden disappearance. And for me, my number five is Ellen as well. That was one of those characters that while it was primarily used, like you said, as a plot device, a, a the journal's done. We found dad. Dad's dead. We're moving on to the next thing. Ellen was used in such an intelligent way and such a compelling way, I feel. What we knew of as John being the infallible patriarch of their family, the one who was the main driving force for season one, the parent that Dean always listened to, the hint, the, the antagonism between him and Sam was such a big thing. And at this time, John's built up as such a phenomenal character in our head. We then challenged that idea with him telling Dean, you may have to kill Sam. And then Ellen is utilized as this mother figure for them after the having lost their father and before Bobby really became the figure he is by the end of his run as another way into the world, another guide to the universe of monster hunters, the supernatural. But she also challenged our views of John. The fact that she says he's the one who got my husband killed is a big fucking blow to that image of him. That morale, especially after he recently died and Dean's grieving. Ellen and Joe, which kind of come in hand in hand, but Ellen, I felt, was not necessarily more impactful, but but meant something more to them on a deeper level. Joe and her star-crossed lover thing with Dean was always more of the road that would never be traveled, the the life they could never have. Ellen felt like that mother figure for them, like that guiding light, the, the, the bar itself showing up in the final episode for a reason. There's a reason why this character was there. She was home base. She was massively impactful she was on Dean's characterization. His characterization. Yeah. Dean is going through so much in season two. She is there to challenge them, to expect more from them. And also pick up the pieces a bit yeah, because my next a lot of people forget because we've watched these seasons for so many years that that's right after John died. Yeah. And they needed a home base. They needed a place that felt familiar. And she was that. And she also challenged them to be better. John would always be, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? antagonistic like a like a stereotypical father figure of you need to be better you need to play better be a better hunter and all those things ellen challenged them to be better men to be better people to tell the fucking truth when joe was sneaking out and trying to hunt monsters (laughs) she was there as support she was everything they needed at that time when they really were adrift at sea and doesn't it feel like in retrospect that bobby did replace her and that's the thing. I, I, it's strange. I, I think there had to be, be some sort of scheduling conflict because Bobby is completely absent for like half of season two after yeah. John's death and after that first initial fallout. And Ellen and Joe are a big part of that. And then Bobby comes back. And you, as you said, that is probably the one. I know people give the Antichrist child as a big plot hole for Kripke's run. Yeah. But the biggest missed opportunity or pain point to me had always been Ellen and Joe. They were so important in season two and fit so well into the world. And then they're absent for two fucking years. 
I feel like that had to be something behind the scenes that affected that. If someone knows, I'd love to know that story. I don't know if it's been shared at conventions, but we did have an interview with. Oh, shit. Ash. I forgot his name. Chad. Chadberg. Chad, yeah. Yeah. Chad Lindbergh. And he had he was not negative about it, but he was also a little uh, tight lipped. He alluded about to the things. details. He was not supposed to be killed. Right. And I'm wondering if they had just had a, a change in direction for the story for whatever reason. And they're just like, all right, well, let's remove Ellen and Joe for a while and just kill Ash. And then this will give us clear road to go in this direction. Do you remember Chad Lindbergh's felt a little? He sounded yeah. a little not not missed because he's very polite, but he did specifically say that he always wondered because it felt like they were really building his character up. Yeah. And, and then I, suddenly he gets the script. He's like, wait a second. This where, wasn't a part of the plan. Well, yeah, and he's hell? killed off screen and we don't even see a body. It's just like, yeah, that's his wristwatch that you have to barely remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought the mullet would have survived or something. <laughs> but that is a big missed opportunity. But I, I think because of how important they were, she was to those, to the boys and at that moment in their life, and and honestly, part of it, too, is the resurgence in season five. She was a character that never felt overused, was never returned for the fuck of it, had a true ending that breaks my heart to this day. Dude, I, I watched and it recently. Dude, it's still it's so it's one of my favorite fucking yeah. episodes for a reason. And everything about that character works and not an ounce of it was wasted. So nope. for me, that's number five. And that was a tough number fucking five. It, it was. Right it now. was for me, too. <laughs> If she was just in one Dude, other season, season three or four, like just a bit. Yeah. Or bigger part of five, even although five, she was pretty great, but like just more, honestly, yeah, it was tough. All right, Ryan, number, number four, f- number four. Uh, so my number four is Ruby. Um, hot Ruby or both? Actually, we probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> Why not? She's hot. Both of them are hot. Yeah. I mean, let's if we're going hot factory, we got Katie Cassidy. Like, come Ooh. on. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is not the episode for that. Uh, it isn't. That's fan fiction hour. Uh, is that's it really separate, fan? That's fiction? a different month. Anyways, I'm actually more uh, pertaining towards the second Ruby, and because at the time when she shows up and she's you know she's pushing Dean. Or no, that's Sam in the kind of the direction that we thought he was going to go at that time. Um, we get probably the devil on his shoulder. Yep. Yeah. We get the probably, in my opinion, out of all the different versions of Sam that we've gotten, probably my favorite version of Sam. Not because he has no shirt on for most of the entire, you know, that season, but for the fact that we get to see her being his almost devil's advocate uh, and pushing him in the direction of, you know, with the powers and the blood and just everything that we thought would come to fruition and we end up seeing come to fruition. Uh, she is pivotal for Sam's direction in, um, in that, that route. A so, shift in his story. A yeah. shift in his story. And yep. I think that, that when we talk about Sam and Dean in the first five seasons, we're talking about Michael and, and Lucifer at that point. We're, we're talking about their, their uh, heading straight for, uh, the apocalypse. And I think Ruby is the catalyst that starts Sam down that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like watching him 
play this bad guy mm-hmm. and her feeding into him being a bad guy made an absolute amazing like viewing experience because this was so opposite from what we've ever seen Sam do. So, but her basically being that devil on his shoulder, pushing him in that direction. Yeah. And what, like bad boy, Sam is pretty fucking uh, it, What? It, it, yeah. That's what I, <laughs> for once I wasn't going to say something was hot. I was going to say pretty fucking cool to watch. Um, and so for me, I thought Ruby in, in playing her role in that and pushing him down that, that road. And let's not take away from Katie Cassidy. Cause she played a pretty freaking badass Ruby too. It just, I feel like the second version of Ruby was the one that really, really pushed Sam in the direction of, you know, learning about his powers, drinking the demon's blood. Like well, was, also look at Ruby did for the mythology of the show. Yeah. I mean, she was a mm-hmm. game changer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think at, at the time we never, we hadn't seen a demon almost, I hate to say this, but like a chaotic neutral. Um, yeah, and, and that's we ha- true. We had not seen someone almost play both sides. And until obviously we got Crowley mm. and, and I feel like he was like chaotic good in the end. Yeah. At the end, <laughs> yeah. So I felt like Ruby really pushed the story. She pushed Sam to go down that route and, and we see it come to fruition in season five. And I think that was one of the coolest parts about the character. I also just think the way she handled herself and the way that, um, you know, she kind of bucked Sam and Dean's whole system, uh, was awesome. And I think uh, for me, that's one of my favorite parts about that character. And not to mention that she was played by, you know, two hotties. I mean, that doesn't, Mm. you know, that doesn't take away from it either. So doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. So Ruby is my number four. All right. Mike, what about you? Number four. My number four is Meg Masters. Meg was public enemy number one from the get go. Mm -hmm. She was one of the first foes to manipulate Sam and Dean and bring a level of unpredictable chaos to every effing episode she was a part of. I always forget how involved she actually was in the way of the series in the early years. I mean, when it comes to mythos, Kripke used her very well. She was essentially the first real villain that exposed us to the bigger threats. I still watch season one and in complete shock when she slits the throat oh, of the yeah, driver. The trucker, dude. I, still to this day, I'm like, oh shit. Oh yeah, she does this. You, you don't remember how early on she is introduced into the show. And then to see her live on a different iteration of the same character and yet she still is relevant to the show the entire time she was a part of the series she was expertly used to raise the stakes and flesh out the demon threat and how it corresponded with john dean and sam and then in later years when uh, the role was handed from acox to minor there was this swagger of arrogance that worked so well with the whole cat and mouse type games that she played with sam and dean uh, she became even more interesting after Lucifer was defeated and her story arc changed drastically. She went from this loyal servant to survivalist. And for me, that's some of my favorite versions of Meg because she started to closely resemble, believe it or not, our protagonist, yeah, Dean and did. Sam, which from a writing standpoint worked to parallel their story. She was important to Castiel's development. She was important to Crowley's power struggle in hell that started it all. And going from villain to kind of ally was a smart move. She is forever impactful on the show. 
in big, big ways. There, we forget because she's used sparingly and sporadically. And when she's brought in, it always matters in some degree. So that's my number four. All right. Mm. For me, my number four is Jody Mills. Uh, Jody is kind of the second half of the Ellen coin. When yeah. Ellen and Joe left at the end of season five, we had Jody be introduced and she grew to a much larger role within the show. But what one of the things that immediately made me interested in her as a character outside of Kim Rhodes acting and abilities was the fact that she, unlike so many later hunters who were told about the atrocities of the universe and they just decide to sign up for that life. Jody's story really was dark, was really impactful, and I felt very genuine. Somebody who went through what she did in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid is the kind of person who would become a hunter. It spoke to her character. It made her feel all the more real. It felt like she belonged as part of the group. She was the natural next Ellen, the, the next Bobby, when Bobby passed away, she essentially carried that continuous torch passed down as the parental figure, whether it was John, Ellen, Bobby, and now her post season seven, mm. she was somebody who fit in so naturally. She was somebody who really came to care for Sam and Dean, who helped develop them, who was always a, a pillar of strength for them she was the only one who ever cooked them a home cooked meal, I believe. <laughs> yeah. like, like truly dinner yeah. table setup. Uh, in Not even adult married years. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and mother. she oh, was on. somebody who, despite all the shit life constantly threw at her, she always was there, much like our characters, Sam and Dean, mm-hmm. to take on more, to, to take people in, whether that was Claire or Alex or Patience or be there for the boys or put her own desires aside to help out people who really needed it. She was somebody who I think as the show moved on, the boys didn't need somebody to raise them. No, they were already grown at that point, but what they needed was someone who they could depend on and someone they could honestly kind of look up to still. I still have that mother figure. Jody was still that surrogate mother figure that they didn't have. She was somebody who, if things got shitty, they could always depend on her. And I and I don't want this to sound like she became like their mom or anything, but she really, I mean, truthfully, she, really, she did. She, she kind of did. But yeah. she was somebody who they could always hold themselves to a higher standard and would want to be better for her like we all do for our own mother. Yep. And her consistent nature of being a fucking badass on top of that yeah. and handling, as all hunters do, so much depressing shit thrown at her. And yet continuing as Jared's uh, phrase to always keep fighting and to continue moving forward. There was never a moment with her that felt overused. There was never a moment that felt out of character. Yeah. She was a character who always brought a smile to my face. And I think she did that for Sam and Dean in a lot of different ways too. Well, it's like I, like I said, when I was talking about her, she, she was always there for a reason. Mm-hmm. There was never, there was never just throwing her in for for absolutely no reason. She made sense to the story and the plot at the time when she was there, and she also just, she was always somebody who, I think, inspired them in a way 
and all of us too, a character that spoke to the audience to lean on each other when you need it and yep. never yep. give up. Yep. And so for, for me in a lot of ways, she edges out Ellen just a little bit in that respect, yeah. which is the same spirit of the same character. Truthfully. Yeah. The only thing that Jody doesn't have is, is truthfully in my eyes, much of a character arc because she goes through her own journey, but she was always the same person yeah. for better or worse. Yep. That's my number four. All right. All right, Ryan, number three. So my number three. Get to the harder ones. Yeah, so so I feel like this should be no shocker to anybody, this character being on my list. But uh, Rowena Mm. is my number three. Uh, I know, shocker. (gasps) Oh, my God. that's Oh, my stars. She's on his list? Uh, So one of the things that I really like about Rowena and the reason I put her on this list, and I actually put her pretty high up, was she was such a fresh breath of air for the show and the character. She added this kind of badass, witty, super powerful character that we thought was kind of, I'm going to be honest, when we first saw her, I was like, this might be just kind of a throwaway character. Mm -hmm. And as she progressed in the story, she had that same kind of story arc that Crowley had. I mean, obviously they're related, so it makes sense, but... It was more than that. It was more than that. And I felt like she added a different dynamic than Crowley where deep down everything that she did was not completely evil at first. Mm -hmm. There was a reason behind it. There was a reason she was doing it. And I felt like with Rowena, she added that, you know, that kind of fun, snarky, you know, character that we needed at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like we always delve down with demons and angels and all these other characters, but we never really delve down in that kind of the witch, you know, more, uh, more moral or mortal. And, and when they yes. did with the witches, it never really worked. It, it never worked. Yeah. And she I, actually changed our view exactly. on the witches of supernatural. And I felt like, cause every time we ever did any type of witch stuff on the, on the show, it was always very quick and it was always just kind of thrown in there. And corny and, and corny. heady even. Yeah. And, yeah. And Rowena ended up having a reason why she wanted to be that powerful. She had a reason. She had a backstory she had. And the fact that she was connected with Crowley, added some of the best scenes that funny kind of snarky, but also made sense scenes. We, we also got backstory on Crowley. She added to Crowley's character, which we all know how we feel about Crowley on this show. So by, by her being that important, you know, it means a lot. Now I know we don't like her death, but at the time, her death was incredibly important to that season. I know we didn't like that season, but it did actually make sense. It's one of the highlights of the season. Yeah. And I feel like I personally didn't like it, but I know why they did it. And it, it, it was huge. It was huge for what they were trying to do at that time in the season. So Rowena was a character, like I said, that just added a huge breath of fresh air to the season. I loved her interactions with Sam and Dean. She was funny. She was badass. I mean, let's, let's be completely honest. We saw her do some stuff that was super, super cool. Some of the coolest special effects for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I really, and it, I'm putting away the fact that I think she's an absolute babe is <laughs> that's not even a part why she's on the list. Like right. it, 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 I really felt like her inclusion in, in the seasons that she was in were 
really added to the season. And it's one of the things that we, I, I, I harp on. I know that this is, I'm a broken record, but if they have the side characters have to be there for a reason. And I never again felt like Rowena showed up for absolutely no reason. She had a great story arc. She added another layer to Crowley. And I think that makes her extremely important. And the fact that she joins team free will makes total sense in every aspect of the fact that, you know, she is a witch, but her her end game agenda is the same as Sam and Dean. She wasn't an an anomaly, meaning she does and did make sense for her inclusion. Yeah. When you look at what Carver's plan was with Crowley, yep. he was working to make Crowley a more viable, credible character in the show. And in order to make Crowley part of this this ongoing mix of characters you have to introduce the element of family because family is always at the forefront it's incredibly of the show important for the Winchesters. It's yeah. always part of the theme of supernatural. And by including Rowena into the mix, it just fits. It fits what supernatural has always done, which yep. is the, the theme of family family first. And I think that by doing that, you added that much needed depth to Crowley and it made sense when, when Crowley did what he did to, to die, yeah. it, you know, it made total sense. And I think that's what makes her so important to the show and yeah, I, I, so she's my number three. Um, again, this list is getting harder. <laughs> yeah, this was tough. Yeah, Mike, what's your number three? Jody Mills. Okay, Jody Mills was a character that was around for nearly ten seasons and had this slow burn progression that is rare. In a show. It's a rare occurrence for a character that pops in for maybe one or two episodes per year. Uh, but because of the longevity of the show, we were able to see this character grow. Uh, the character went from being an average town sheriff to a bit of a, a matriarch and also an, a loyal ally to Sam and Dean. Mm. At times, our stories were one-offs uh, that served many times as ways to dissect the parallels of individual episodes and the current myth arc of the season, sometimes leading to very meaningful episodes for Sam and Dean. Uh, she brought a balance to Sam and Dean that they had lost when Bobby died. Uh, in many ways, she was an emotional tether that helped them see things from a different perspective. Um, falling into that mother role, always calm and resourceful. She was never a burden to the Winchester, but uh, a powerful ally and a well-written character that always brought a unique perspective to many of the episodes that she was involved in scene that sticks out all the time. When I think of my favorite characters, forget uh, woman or man roles just in general, the Ace of Fox episode, I believe it's the Ace of Fox episode mm -hmm. where Jody Mills has a conversation with Mary. Because she knows that Mary is not necessarily feeling this new life. Yeah. And she's pushing the boys away. And to see that moment where we, that I remember we talked about it in an episode discussion. We had said that is a powerful moment because Mother Hen is getting protective of her boys. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about Jody Mills. Hey, treat them right. That was within the subtext. Do right by them. Right. It was a powerful scene. One of my favorite scenes. So number three, Jody Mills. All right. My, my number three was also Rowena. Uh, she, wow. What a compelling fucking character, a character introduced in season 10 
that we didn't have a lot of expectations for at that time yep. ended up being one of the most complex and dynamic and interesting characters the show had ever produced. Part of that was from a story structure of trying to be Crowley's actual mother. And I think what they did with her was so fucking interesting. She had such a significant change from this anti-hero antagonist, self-centered antagonist character to a unwilling or at least unhappy about it hero anti-hero for the for the group somebody we could grow to depend on much like Crowley the idea of somebody who was so self-centered so selfish and so vindictive to those who had wronged her was very very interesting to watch her transform from that into the entity the character that would literally fight death to try to bring her son back Mm -hmm. and ultimately sacrifice herself for the greater good of all humanity, the very people who shunned and hated her her entire life. She was somebody who was so interesting to watch, was funny, was charismatic, fit perfectly into the absence and void that Crowley's character had left when he had unfortunately left the show. And she was somebody who... The other characters on my list were dependable, uh, protagonist-like characters, moral good, and generally safe bets. Rowena was everything they weren't. She was chaotic. She was untrustworthy at times. She did things her own way. She was somebody who always had this this little kernel of good in her buried between beneath years of abuse and self-loathing and anger. And somebody who can make the witches who at the time were very boring become suddenly very interesting to the point where I'm still disappointed I never got to see some Grand Coven showdown. Yeah. Mm. But also make her feel, which I think is her biggest selling point, so fucking painfully real. She's a character who as many people can identify with went through the shit. (laughs) She had such a fucking hard life. I I think she represents a lot of our lives more than any character. She's probably the most relatable character in that show. Is she absolutely you're right about giving just giving shit. I mean, going through it all. She has every right to want revenge on everyone. Working so hard to get nothing. Yeah. To go to the ends of the earth. That sounds for like our lives. It yeah. does. Like, it really the way is. You said it. I mean, that's literally you're, you're describing my life. Right that's now. Rain Man it, Digital. That's why she speaks. To, it's it's the patriarch. <laughs> She's she is the the logo on our flag. She is our mascot. She should respect. be our mascot. She yeah. should be. But it's so painfully human to feel like all the work you do in this life will never really be enough. That your one legacy figure, which is often our children. You fucked up like every parent fears that every parent thinks they're not good enough. Everyone worries about doing a bad job with that. And she knows she did and willingly makes that decision to try and avoid that pain. And whether or not she's somebody who was brought back and I still loved her character arc, which I do give dab credit for that. And we were very much against that. Yeah, we were very much against bringing her back, but they still did a good job with her, even if it. Ended up, I was kind of getting back to the same place. But her going against Billy as death was a very painful episode. Mm-hmm. And 
But nothing quite was as painful as that moment when she had that true heart-to-heart with Crowley before she died. And that's such a tragic fucking ending. Yep. Well, not the true ending, as we find out, but she was somebody that we later related to through Sam and his experience with Lucifer and seeing his true face and somebody who also never gave up. And despite how much of a failure she thought she was through life, her son became someone important. She became someone important to Sam and Dean. She ended up saving the world and she finally got the respect she never had in life in death. And that alone made her one of my absolute favorites. And just the fact that she was introduced in season 10 is just an additional shocker that I didn't expect. Yeah. So Rowena is my number three. This, these last two <laughs> are tough and we get, I, it's going to be interesting. I really am interested in yours. Well, so I, what's your number two, right? Before we get into that, let's talk about Patreon. All right. Patreon.com slash Man Digital. Get more Supernatural The Crossroads every single month when you pledge anywhere between $1 to $10 a month. $1 gets you our 10 minutes at The Crossroads. $3 gets you our behind-the-scenes tier where we have pre-shows. $5 is our bonus cast. And the $10 tier is our video cast. And with all of that, you get upwards of, what, seven to eight additional shows a month? You get about three times total. Yeah. <laughs> so Supernatural, Get More, Crossroads, Rain Man Digital, Patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital. Hmm. Okay. Um, Number two. So I have a feeling that my my top two are going to be controversial here. Uh, not, 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 not number two so much, but my number mm-hmm. one will be. Um, so my number two... Uh, is Mary Winchester. Okay. Um, I feel like... That is controversial, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these top... Th- these two characters, uh, my two and number one, mm-hmm. are very, very similar in my reasoning on I'm why... I'm curious, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm really interested. So, with Mary, I feel like her inclusion in seasons 11 through 14, which a lot of people didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of, I actually enjoyed. And, I agree. Uh, and the reason being is that she added depth to her character because we had her on a pedestal. And, and I feel like we talked about this a lot with, as you're young, you put your, your parents up there and you say they're, yeah. they're perfect. And when we got, Mary Winchester in seasons 11 through 14, we got to actually see the human being that is Mary Winchester, not just the, the, the prolific mother that, you know, we all came to, to, to think she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we probably saw, in my opinion, with Dean, one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. Where okay. he's talking to her in her head. Um, God damn. And that's such a good moment. It, it gets, it's a great moment because it not only is Dean talking, but it's Dean for the first time really expressing his feelings and she is the reason that he is expressing his feelings for the first time. And maybe even for the first time actually seeing her, seeing seeing her for who she really really was. And I think that's one of the things you also have to remember some of the episodes where they go back in time and they see young Mary. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I think that is those (laughs) stupid, those are incredibly important to her bad them that she had. Um, cause she was a badass hunter and I yeah. feel like that also changed their idea of John. And so John was a badass. Let's, let's not say that he wasn't, but to find out that their mother was the original badass 
was incredibly important. And I think that also elevated her status as, you know, why Sam and Dean are who they are. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, her season, her season one through two, obviously is her briefly showing up as, as a ghost and then four and six and then 11 through 14, the 11 through 14 are more important to me. Um, because she added a depth to these seasons, which on paper weren't all that amazing, mm-hmm. but she added this depth of, okay, now we're getting more about why Sam and Dean are who they are, even though they don't know her like that. Yeah. Um, they're getting a chance to see her like that. Um, so for me, she added depth to this enigma that we always thought was this perfect person and, and she wasn't. And I think that's what made it real. Uh, for me, it made it real and it made her inclusion in those seasons very, very important for Sam and Dean to understand who they are and to see their mother was a, a human being, not this perfect entity. Um, so f- I've never agreed with you more. Um, so- I, that's a perfect way to say it, man. Well, I just I feel like it's something that we lose as we get older, as 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 human beings. We 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 think our parents and our and our, our you know, are, are perfect. And for Sam and Dean to, to see this in person and, and live that as like a, a, a viewer going, okay, oh, fuck, my parents aren't, you know, cause my dad's older. And the more I hang out with my dad, I'm like, well, my dad wasn't perfect, but you as family and, and Mike keeps using the blood sticker then you know, like it is true though. You don't, you look past your, your, your parents flaws because they are your parents and you go, okay, well, I don't, you learn from those flaws. And I think with her inclusion in seasons 11 through 14, Sam and Dean learned from her flaws. They learned from the fact that, you know, she struggled coming back. These are not, they're my boys, but they're not my boys because I don't know them. And I think that's what a lot of people forget in the fandom. Like people like they chastise the yeah. writers for mm-hmm. what they did with Mary. Go, oh, how dare you make her not like her boys? And she's running away from she them. Doesn't know them. She, ex- she doesn't know them. She- Imagine waking up. And you lost 25 years and what you're grieving over and what you're longing for are your babies and your husband. And now suddenly you lost all of that. The last thing you remember is burning on a ceiling. And then now you come back and your sons are 25 years older. Your, 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 your husband is dead and you're trying to cope with the fact that these are your boys, but they're not. 25 years have passed. You don't fucking know anything about them. Nope. So they could be total dickheads and you have to, you have to say, oh, I love them because they're my kids. That's, she's trying to reconcile that. Yes, That's what a lot of people never understood. She's I, not, it's not that she doesn't love them. She doesn't know them doesn't and she needs them, to man. reconcile the fact that she lost like over two decades of her life and, yeah. I think and the, her children. Uh, the other thing that she copes with, and this is one of the, my favorite parts and it ultimately is her undoing is that she tries to rectify that with Jack and she tries to, to really help Jack and mold him in the way that she probably would have Sam and Dean if she was alive. And it ends up costing her. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that we always forget is that it pushed, she pushed Jack in a direction to become what he was and what he ends up being. So I think Mary, I mean, it was really hard not to put her number one Mm -hmm. um, for me, but my number one, Makes yeah, I'm, sense. I'm gonna that. have to explain yeah. it, and you guys are probably gonna laugh at me, but I feel we usually like, do. Yeah, all so, right. That's my number two, Mary Winchester. It's mm. the uh, the the dog that was a. It was the dog. It's the dog. It's actually the dog. Absolutely, it's a bitch. Oh, jeez. Oh. That's a female dog. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right, Mr. <laughs> <Mr>. Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I had to explain it. Mike, what's your number two? Number two, 
Uh, Every time. I don't know why that makes me laugh. I shouldn't, but it does. Rowena. Hey! And to watch her story evolve over the course of, what was it, six years? Six seasons? Uh, No, shit. Yeah, six. It was just such a reward. She, it's, I love, see, when you first watch Supernatural, you know what you're getting into. Like, okay, we're going to watch the story of Sam and Dean. But then to be introduced to a a whole new character that brings a whole new level to the show, Mm -hmm. they introduce a whole new dynamic, Mm -hmm. which then changes the chemistry of the show and the interactions with Sam and Dean. And then she becomes a part of the show and is is a permanent fixture. She's arguably the most consistent and well-written character outside of Sam and Dean and maybe the main people Mm -hmm. being a guest spot. Very And I would say she rivals Castiel. Castiel was inconsistent. His story was written all over the place. Crowley uh, was okay for the most part until Dab took over and kind of didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do with them. Whereas Rowena never suffered the change in leadership. Um, Carver knew exactly what he wanted to do with her. Dab knew what he wanted to do with her, and it worked. She benefited from that. She was a fully realized individual that stood on her own many times Yep. and didn't always need Sam and Dean to tell her story. Yep. But when they did need her, she was such a perfectly sharpened—and what I mean need her in the ways of story, she was a perfectly sharpened literary tool that they could use— you know, pretty much anywhere for anything at any time. And it always worked. She was part of Carver's genius. And we talk about this on our video cast discussions on Patreon. Carver's genius agenda to bring more credibility into Crowley's change from villain to ally, which started with the trials and bringing a bit of that humanity back that changed his character forever. Then you introduce his son. Then you introduce Rowena and Rowena is the is the the spitball that worked, you know, that Carver threw at the wall and it actually worked. The sun didn't work so well. Rowena did. And from mm-hmm. there, you get this character development on Crowley. And I consider Crowley part of the main cast. He was a regular. Yeah. And she assisted this character's growth as well. She was used to help us understand the reasons why Crowley did certain things because he was always a very ambiguous character and. And that's what worked in a lot of ways. A lot of his actions were left to our own interpretation. And Rowena helped ascertain the meaning behind certain things in a way that didn't require exposition. She helped his character in ways that I don't think Sam and Dean could have could have. Um, Her character was instrumental in exploring new avenues of lore, uh, broadening the supernatural mythology in ways that expanded the world of supernatural Um, As Ryan mentioned about the witch lore, I mean, this is something that we had struggled with. I remember when it was announced that there would be a witch introduced into, I believe, season 10. Mm -hmm. And we groaned like, oh, because we weren't fans of the witch episodes. They were always a bit over the top and cheesy at times. In fact, there was an episode, I believe, in season seven that we all just do not like. I think it's season seven. Oh, yeah. And the Dr. Phil one. Yes. And it always just left a bad taste in our mouth. And we were just like, shit, this better be good. This better be good. And it managed to change the way we viewed which lore mm-hmm. in Supernatural for the good. And it took an area of the Supernatural mythos that we really didn't fully explore with the Grand Coven. And, of course, the the connection that she had with Sam later on towards the end 
and using her to draw parallels and help us understand what's going on in Sam's mind as well. Once Crowley was removed from the board, just an amazing character. And I will tell you, I struggled. I, I wanted to make her number one. Yeah. I it's wanted tough, to. Dude. Yeah. yeah it, it got really hard towards the end here. It definitely did. Uh, so for me, my number two was Ruby. Ooh. Ruby became my number two when I was really thinking about lasting impact on our characters and what she did for the story. Of all 15 seasons, of all the characters introduced, of all the temptations placed between Sam and Dean, no one was able to turn the brothers against each other and convince Sam to go against Dean that his own interests were better than Ruby. Not even Chuck could turn them. Not even Chuck could turn them. God himself could not do this. Lucifer, although compelling, never convinced Sam the way Ruby did. They're also not as hot as Ruby. They're also not as hot. But... (laughs) I mean, Lucifer Sam always wasn't thinking with his with his well, big head. Yeah, yeah, he well, it might have been his big head. Lucifer was is easily my favorite villain, but his tactic of always telling the truth, while compelling to me, never still worked for Sam. The reason he says yes is to save Dean, and he sees as his only option. But Ruby is the embodiment in this show of the devil, yep. convincing Eve as the snake, whispering in her ear. This is the right thing. You're a good person. I'm trying to help you. Trust me. And the fact that we as the audience, I would say until the last couple of episodes of season four, are truly unsure as to what she's doing. She helps them. As you said, Ryan, she's chaotic neutral. Mm -hmm. Here's the, we fixed the cult. So now you have limitless demon killing bullets. She is an ally when needed. She's untrustworthy when needed. She's ambiguous. Her motivations aren't always clear, but we always feel like Sam himself, I can kind of trust her. There's a reason. Every time we question her, it turns out she was on our side. And I still remember fucking clearly the episode in which Dean and Sam literally get into a fist fight about her. And when he says, if you walk out that door, we're done. You're, you're no longer my brother. And for Sam to still make that decision shows how much he was truly convinced by Ruby. And that is the story of the garden and the apple. That is the Bible's warning. That is everything we are told about the nature of evil. It is insidious. It seems it was the, the devil comes in the shape of a beautiful woman that that's a sexist. It's a sexist statement Christian Judeo-Christian belief. But the 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 wisdom behind the thing is that it comes to you in the thing you most want. And Sam mm. was played not just by his you know desires from his pants, but the idea of who he was. She that's spoke, misogynistic ideology. She spoke. Yeah, I can't talk anymore. Yeah, you're <laughs> struggling. <laughs> Ruby spoke to Sam's true core of who he was as a human. You may be a monster, but that doesn't mean you can't save people. Yeah. 
And that is so fucking compelling to him. And watching... Well, because she knew exactly what to use She knew him. exactly, like Lucifer, yep. exactly what to do. And she was the flick of the first domino that undid the apocalypse before their very eyes. And what Dean started, Sam finished. And she, unlike many, if not all of our other villains, won. She got exactly mm-hmm. what she wanted. Mm-hmm. It cost her her life, but that was always the plan. Yeah. And that, to watch her, I don't think there's very many, if uh, there's one in my mind, because she's number two. Number two. Characters that had such a dramatic impact. That fucked up Sam and Dean's relationship for the first part of season five. That had dramatic consequences on their trustworthiness of each other that never is healed until Carver's run five years later, six years later. And it all comes down to this character and what she did and how convincing she was. And I think that if you don't have her, you don't have the second half of the original five seasons. You don't have yeah. half the show you have today. If you she, don't she have did Ruby. a lot. Yep. I agree. And so for me, she came in as number two. Good pick. That's a great pick. All right, Ryan, what is your controversial <laughs> number one? If it's, if it's I, Missouri I, Mosley, like, I'm going to fucking <laughs> lose oh, it. Geez. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so I feel like this should be all of our number ones. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm really interested in this. It was so, going to suck so bad. Watch. Wow, dude, that's fucked <laughs> well, up. The yeah. waitress who yeah. gave Dean pie. Our, my, number one, my number one choice I, I thought of, uh, is Jessica. And and here's why. And Mike's out of left field with a curveball. We don't have supernatural if Jessica doesn't die in the first episode, because Sam's not going to leave and go join Dean. Her death is the most instrumental and pushing of Sam's character right off the bat. Um, If if she doesn't get killed by Azazel, we don't have supernatural. Um, We also it, it motivates Sam throughout all season one and season two, and pretty much till season fifteen. Because he even says in Atomic Monsters, I think about Jessica all the time. Who wouldn't? I mean, dude, Adriana Pilecki, you kidding me? I think about her all the time. (laughs) The character character is instrumental in Sam's motivation to join Dean on the hunt. It's a valid argument. Um, I feel like she is probably the most important character because if she doesn't die and and burn in the way that Mm -hmm. Mary dies... Sam never is interested in helping Dean. And as we see season one, two, and in our retro views being in season two, the more that Sam is with Dean, the more that he doesn't want to leave Dean. Right. So by her, her death, her instrumental death in season one is the reason that we have the show supernatural. So for me, why would I not choose the catalyst and the character that pushes Sam in the motivation to join Dean as the number one most influential woman in the show. Um, he, he, throughout the entire seat, like series, I think it's what season one, obviously she dies season mm-hmm. two. She's, uh, is in what is and what should never, uh, never be because she comes back and, and that's, you know, Sam is mar- engaged to her again, season five, free to be you and me. Like there's, there's multiple, 
multiple show ups of her being, and it's and it's always when Sam needed his motivation to keep going. So for me, as much as I am, I, I, Dean is my, my favorite character. Sam is motivated by her the, throughout the entire season one through 15. And it is his pure motivation that puts him in this direction. And it constantly, and the fact that they, in atomic monsters, he even says that is a uh, dab. I will give him some props because hey, I'm <laughs> that's flab. That's a different character. Hey. Um, I feel like he has already flattery. <laughs> we don't do it often, but I feel like his having Sam say that is very important. And I think that this character, as much as I know, you know, everyone is feels like she's just, she died in the first episode and that was it. She was very instrumental in Sam's motivation throughout season one through 15. So I think my only rebuttal would be she later on, we learned that she was just a pawn, Uh, but, but, but but that's my first, my first thought, but then in the grand scheme of things, that makes her even more important. uh, Yes. (laughs) And she does have an impact regardless of being a pawn or not. But essentially with what dab did in season 15, Every single one of these characters are just pawns. Yeah. Yeah. If well, you really think so, about it. Yeah. So this is how I would say I understand and I totally see how you got to that. I don't agree, but I, I completely see how you got. to. And that. that's why I figured this would be controversial because yeah. in, in the, in the, in the real scheme of things, like if I were going to put a character in here, I probably could have put Ellen at five and moved Mary to number one. Potentially, and, and, but... and, and that's what I thought about. But the more I sat and thought about it, the more I was like, this character is the whole reason we have supernatural. See, I want to hear why Thomas you don't agree because I I I don't know if I disagree. The show, the show I don't disagree. It's like he's not you're not wrong. But I I don't necessarily I, as I far think, as a character would So count so let me let me explain I, this is how this I know how Thomas is disagreeing with me. So I, essentially and and I understand why you do. Yeah. Because w- when we talked to, when you when you came up with this Mike, right? The, my first thought was okay, well I need to pick a character that is influential to Sam and Dean's progression as characters. But for the way that Thomas is thinking about this, he's thinking about it like my one, my, my, my four or my five through two were incredibly inf- influential characters and they had really long runs on the show. Yeah. The reason that I can understand this one being controversial and, and not really, n- not making sense, but like is because she only was in technically one episode. And it, I, it's, well, let's, essentially, let's, let's word it, let's rephrase this entire scenario for a second. Let's say we remove Mary Winchester from the last, I don't know, Four seasons. Let's right. say she never came back. Would we have she, her she on would, our list? She wouldn't be on my list. And, and but, but then at the same time, she would. It, so it's it's really a double-edged sword. I feel like the reason that I chose this character in my mind is that if if Jessica doesn't die in the first episode, Sam never Sam would never join Dean. He, he would be like, hey, whatever. Like, uh, cool. You know, dad's gone. I don't care. 
like I don't dad and I are feuding. She's a catalyst. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that. And I do agree with you, Ryan. She is a catalyst. She may, she, not, she may not be. I don't agree with you necessarily on that. She is the sole motivation. I feel like she was a catalyst to kind of wake Sam out of his stupor of, hey, I'm stubborn against my father. Yeah. I don't want the hunting lifestyle. And she was the thing that snapped him out of it and brought him back to reality. And and I think I think for me the fact that she just isn't just a throwaway in the first episode death. They continued to bring her back. Yeah, and yeah. and that's important. I think for me and Sam's original motivation and and putting him down this path of being with Dean on, you know, them hunting is her. It's it's her death. And I think that's why I knew this one would be controversial because it's like I understand why you why people would be like, I don't, I don't agree with that. But at the same time, I think you present a pretty valid, you present argument. a strong argument. My only, my only thing is to me, she is the launch point for the series. She is the moment. Her death is the moment where we say, get in the car. We got work to do. And we're along for the ride. As far as a character, but Ryan not was within much, the but rules, you, but you are within the rules. So I'm not saying you're wrong. It just doesn't work for me as much. Yeah, but it does work. It is a, a very valid answer and a well thought out answer, which is always. Surprising. He got a little hipster with number one. <laughs> I, I, look, I did it during our works. top five demons. The, yeah, this, I did it with our top five intros. Look, so. this wouldn't be a top five. This wouldn't be a top five. If one of us did like fuck, a, yeah, fuck with the system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, it totally works. At least mine made like somewhat sense. Yeah. Like I didn't just go completely. Oh, this one was super hot. She's my number one. Waitress number four. Yeah, he banged her in the back of baby. Like, yeah. So you should have gotten with uh, the femme fatale from. Speaking the, of my number one, which is baby. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I would even. I, I would be okay accept with that. that. I would accept, accept that. that one. I yeah. would accept that. I don't know. Anyways, that's my number one. Like should have been I, the femme fatale from a most holy man. She uh, was such an interesting character. <laughs> I, she was hot as fuck. Uh, she was hot as fuck. This is a this is the uh, not that type of episode. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry, I had to be controversial. All right, Mike. What's your number two? No, number one. Or number one. Jesus, yeah. what number are we on? One, one. We're doing it again. Number. All one. right, my number one is Mary Winchester. Mm-hmm. I enough said. <laughs> Yeah. I know. Well, pretty much everything Ryan said earlier is spot on. I I really did agree with pretty much everything he said about Mary Winchester and about Rowena so mm-hmm. far. I know this pick is a source of contention, uh, but no matter how you look at it, whether you liked her character or not, she was the concept of the series. Yeah. Who killed Mary and why? Mm-hmm. She's the reason John started hunting. She made the deal with Azazel that essentially started this entire thing. She's the reason for much of the emotional baggage Dean carries and is an important literary element when it comes to his characterization. She's the springboard to literally everything. From a, a lit perspective, she was designed to be the virtuous mother at first and almost like the biblical allegory relating to the divine or a sense of purity, you know, Mother Mary. The metaphor was spot on, always being represented in colors of white. White is pure, innocent, wholeness, and completion, which is how Sam and specifically Dean viewed their mother as holy. Mm. And to have her portrayed in this manner, it worked even more so moving to season 12 because it was a perfect representation of how, just like you said, Ryan, how... 
a child would probably remember a mother that they had lost at such a young age, putting mm-hmm. them on a pedestal. Then in season 12, to see the contrast between a child's memory and the expectations that come with that and the stark realism of an imperfect woman who's real, yep, more relatable and grounded. I always liked what dab did with that and we give dab a lot of shit for his inconsistent myth arcs but one thing he got right up until the end up until her death scene he got mary right yeah yep. i don't have a fucking single problem with what he did with mary winchester she is from almost every angle the most important pivotal woman character in all of that forget woman character in all of supernatural outside of our 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 mains She's so closely connected to all of it. I love how they wrote her. I love the complicated dynamic that she brought to the show and how it affected Dean. It gave us some really great moments between the two of them. Up until the end, she was perfect, in my opinion, in the ways of of writing. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah, my my number one is all also Mary Winchester, um, and that's the only reason, perhaps on a subjective level, while why Jess doesn't work as well for me is that to me Mary is all those things that also launched the show. Mm-hmm. But you're, to your point, Ryan, it completely works. Just is a very valid choice. I can't. Argue. I mean, Mary was my number two. So yeah, like I said, like the, the, Jessica had more of an impact for Sam. Yeah, for him in and particular. Mary had more of an impact for, for, for Dean. Dean. You could, yeah, you could. Argue and and that. it's like I said, I I could have easily put Mary number one and put Ellen as my number five. I, I mean, I could have. I just felt I like mean, it. and that's right. their shared tragedy. Like yeah, Sam yeah. doesn't remember the death of his mother because he was young, right? But to see and witness his girlfriend, someone he loved, to die the same way, yeah. the same way his mother, the ways that he heard his mother died, that yeah. connected Sam and Dean together. Yep. Yeah. That you're like, you're right. That shared tragedy. I, I agree. I think Mary was, would probably not be here were it not for season 11 through uh, 14, as you said, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That really sold her as a character. And yes, she was, as you said, Mike, a contentious figure. But the fact of the matter remains not only was she the pivoting, pivotal launch point for everything within the show, but much like Rowena and Ruby, my top my two and three characters, she is a very compelling and very complex character. She is perhaps the most realistic fucking character in the show. Easily. Somebody who we thought of as one thing turns out to be another in reality. Somebody who, unlike the champion heroes of Sam and Dean who face their demons she ran away from them. And that is far more akin to what all of us would do. And she made so many mistakes. She made so many mistakes and she kept trying and never quite got it. And there is something like Rowena's story that's incredibly tragic about yeah. a character who died when her children were children, a newborn and and a child and wakes up 20 plus years have gone by. And now you have to learn to love these adults who are their own individuals who you've had no, no impact yep. on not even no contact, but no impact on who they became. And to see your husband go through that pain for his entire life. And the fact that it's easy to hate a villain. It's easy to love a hero character, but a character that we love to hate or hate that we love or have as complex a series of emotions 
as Dean himself does to Mary is a great example of the writers doing their job, giving us that same experience where we love and hate her at the same time that she should be so much more because we idolized her. But the bleak reality is that your parents are human too. And that she did the best she could with the card she was dealt, which is like a two and a seven. And that is not a winning hand in any way. And how much like Rowena, how painfully real that was and how, despite not really liking her, I wanted to know what happened with her character week to week is a testament to how interesting she is, whether we like her or not. I do think, unfortunately, they fumbled at the execution of the final installment of her. There's no way around that. Yeah. That's what happened. Kudos to Barons for doing the absolute best fucking job he could in 45 pages to make us care about a character they had put on the sidelines for far too long. And some of that comes down to them changing decisions on the back end. But you don't have a show if you don't have Mary. You don't have Dean who he is without Mary. You don't have Sam who he is or John or any of the events that follow that for all the crap we give Dab's run, who we are might be one of the best episodes of the entire run. Without a doubt. Because of that speech, because of that moment. And I think in a weird way, Mary encapsulates Supernatural as a whole, the journey that's incredibly painful that we're addicted to. We're compelled to keep watching and it hurts us at the same time, yet we love it. Yeah. And so for me, she she had to come in as number one. She just did. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree. I don't, we, do we have the same roughly? Yeah. You had Meg. I can't believe she wasn't on your guys' list. I think you forgot about her. Ruby outpaced I I her th- I, too I, much for me. I, I thought about her, but I just I thought Ruby She was one of those know. ones Meg was one of those ones that I was saying earlier was very interesting, but I couldn't justify putting her above other characters in my own subjective head canon yeah. of desires i mean i i thought about her and she was like there's always those floaters you know like there's there's multiple characters you could throw on there i mean like we could have put joe on the list i mean in, in real all reality uh, yeah. i yeah. mean you could have um yeah. so there's certain characters i mean and like i said i decided the only be- reason why she didn't make my my list was because she she impacted she was only a bit of a Dean. she was a bit of a narrow character she impacted only Dean. yeah yeah and then that's and that's which is great for Dean, but for the world, I was, I was looking at the like show and lore yeah. and mythology and Sam and Dean and yeah, but she was almost up there. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I have to say something about Dab's run because you realize Rowena was my number two and Mary Winchester was also <laughs> there mm-hmm. and a lot of that work was done during Dab's, Dab's run. run. So yeah. maybe he didn't fuck everything up. No, he did. Just a couple it, things. I mean, not to be negative, but to give him praise. I've, I've always said that he had a writing room filled with talent. So these episodes where we get these excellent moments of development for our characters were never the problem mm-hmm. his characters weren't the problem his concepts and execution of events of a myth arc and myth arc that, that was the problem, the problem. Yeah. every every story has the things that happen the conceptual events 
here's the plot, here's the premises, here's the world. A leads to B, and then this has the fallout of C. And you have strong characters that are based on human emotion. He didn't know the alphabet because he didn't go from A to B. He, he went A to like he, F and then to B and then to Z. He had strong characters that had an, uh, no myth arc or logical place to go. When I was five, I didn't know my ABCs. I did my ABEs. A-P-E-G-S-E. Too much alphabet soup and not enough schoolwork. Yeah. yeah, he ate way too much back then. Well, you know, a lot of kids learn by eating alphabet, cheer- uh, you know, alphabet Cheerios. <laughs> the alphabet Cheerios? Yeah. <laughs> Where they're all circles. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so stupid. I was so confused. Yeah, I was doing this. <laughs> God damn it. Jesus, God. All right. Well, that does it for our top five women in supernatural that was a good episode that was good i think that was good and i think it does shed a lot of light as to people gave female characters a lot of crap in the beginning yeah for not really working but i think you have to look at how they impact the show as a whole and they're they're, you have to take a bigger lens than just did they pass the Bechdel test in an episode? Yeah. Yeah. And they're never going to, and your two leads are male characters. No. But it's more of what did they do for the show, and were they utilized properly as strong characters? Exactly. Yeah, right. And I think these these all did. So we have more women-based episodes coming up this month, Women's History Month. Again, Wizard of Oz, Charlie Forgotten and Underrated Women of Supernatural. I'm really looking forward to that episode, actually. And Rowena from Bad Bitch to Good Witch Part 2. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Please share the show with other Supernatural friends and fans, especially now that we have no new episodes for the time being to look forward to. Any additional content, I'm sure they will be grateful for, as will we. And patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. It's really the only way we can continue to do these shows. I know we had some cancellations because of the season's end. And if we keep getting cancellations, I honestly don't think we can. We're going to have to pivot. We can't continue to do the show. So in order to justify this and keep us on the air, we have to have Patreon subscribers. It's really the only way we can bring money into this network. There's a lot of equipment we use. We put a lot of time and uh, if you listen to this show, you can tell a lot of effort and research into our discussions. Mm-hmm. So uh, just consider, you know, patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. It will really be beneficial. And everything helps. So thank you all once again, and we'll see you next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.